in today's show. I'm looking forward to Sunday in the NBA, what I'm watching for. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're looking forward to Sunday's action here in the league and this is what I am watching for. So the first game is the Clippers and the Bucks. Serge Ibaka, we're seeing him at like the 22-minute mark most nights. Now, last game, those minutes did push up with Ivica Zubats in some foul trouble. But if Ibaka's playing 23 minutes a night, he's barely a 12-team league guy. So let's see how much they play him. While Lou Williams, we've also seen his production, his minutes, his usage, all that stuff drop off recently. And I think that puts him on the outside of 12-team league value also. But let's pay attention to how they look, what production they have, and what their minutes rolls look like. The Bucks are likely to welcome back Drew Holiday. So what does that mean for the big ragu, Dante Div? Vincenzo, who put up a career high last game, but prior to Holiday's absence, he'd played like 25 minutes a night, 26 minutes a night, and barely was registering on the 12-team radar. They're fully healthy again now, the Bucks. so Augustin's back, Forbes is still in that rotation, you've got Holiday and DiVincenzo, so watching what his role is, can it stick around 30? I doubt it, but can it? That's the big question. Well, Punch Bob, Bobby Portis is a guy that's been amazingly a 12-team league player. We've seen his production start to wane over the last week or so, so can he keep up career-high field goal percentage, career-high steal rate, really good rebound numbers, or will he start to fade into insignificance? I imagine he's going to stick somehow, um, but that's just, uh, that's just something I want to pay attention to always with him. Next up, Bulls-Raptors, Patrick Williams, um, big minutes for him, and I think they'll continue at least into, until the All-Star break. After that, Markin and Porter's return puts a little bit of, I guess, doubt on the upside of his playing time. But he's so inconsistent. Some nights he'll go 14-8 with a triple one and big numbers, and he'll have like three and two in the same playing time. It is really tough to hold him outside of I'm just stashing him for hopefully an improvement in consistency in March or late March. But his regular game-to-game performance is tough to hold him. While Wendell Carter Jr. was terrible last game, he'd put up some really big ones prior to that. Can he get back on trap, uh, back on track here against the Raptors and you play that 30 minutes and be that top 50-ish type of player? For the Raps, Norman Powell. Really, really good stuff. You're playing at a super high level in their small lineup. There's no Pascal Siakam, so his usage will remain high. His minutes will remain high. Big numbers coming for him. And then do they start the wiki Chris Boucher again? I imagine they will. I don't think that um, Nick Nurse or you know, whoever their replacement uh, coach is, Sergio, I don't recall his surname, if he is going to be yet all that worried about Wendell Carter yeah, having or creating issues there with Boucher. So I think we get another Chris Boucher start. What that means for his numbers remains to be seen. They weren't that great in his first start of the season, but I think he does get that uh, second opportunity here. Next up, it's the Wizards and the Celtics. Mo Wagner. It is a back-to-back for Mo, and last game it was Alex Len that stepped up somehow, for some reason, for something that nobody knows, even though they lost by 30 to the Nuggets. I guess it's what, Len has a better job of guarding Jokic, which is what happened the last time they played, but yeah, they can't stop Jokic. Regardless, 
Wagner has stream value, and that's it. Warui Hachimura had a real shit one against Denver. He had been pretty good this week, and this was a great week to have Hachimura with a five-game week on deck. I do not believe he's a must-roster 12-team league guy, but let's see what he can do against Boston. For the Celtics, Jalen Brown, his production has dipped. We have seen that... Um, completely unsustainable mid-range shooting become completely unsustainable. He is probably swung too far in the other direction now, and he's a little bit undervalued. I expect that to push back up. And then let's watch the Rock DJ Robbie Williams, who had an absolute monster last game. He also played a lot of minutes, 21 of them, in fact, at the expense of Tristan Thompson. Will they continue to do that? Again, like so many other coaches, I will see it when I'll believe it when I see it. Even though I saw it last game, he could very easily just play 13 minutes in this next one. The upside is, is obvious with Rob Williams and he's worth adding, but you have to be prepared for disappointment. That's just what's going to happen if you do add him. The Warriors and the Lakers. Draymond Green, just you know, racking up assists at a phenomenal level. He's also improved his efficiency. He's also improved his defensive numbers from where he was to begin the year. And honestly, a top 50 finish is not out of the question for what Draymond has been doing so far. He's been really, really impressive, putting up yeah, really good numbers, and that streak of double-digit assists has been fantastic. Well, Blunty, James Wiseman. Where are you now? Is he going to get those 18 minutes off the bench and yeah, with poor efficiency and high usage or poor shot selection and poor decision-making? That uh, that remains to be seen. In fact, it doesn't really remain to be seen. It's probably what is going to happen. I think that holding him in a 12-team league is literally just uh, stashing. It's luxury. That's it. For the Lakers, Montrez Harrell and Mark Gasol. Oh, hi, Mark. No Anthony Davis. Last game, it was a nice blowout. So we got a few more minutes there of Harrell and they preserved Gasol. But on most nights, it's been appearing to be a 24-24 minute split. That does impact Harrell. And now with Schroeder back, what does his usage look like considering how high it had been in recent times? Um, still, you know, he's providing good value, but yeah, there is some concerns, I guess, with his playing time. The Hawks in the heat. Trey Young may not play in this game. He's questionable. Let's see what that means for someone like Kevin Herter. He probably gets more usage. He gets more ball handling opportunities. Who would they start? Would they put Skylar Mays into the starting lineup? I'm, I'm not sure. Or do they put do they put Russian Rondo stay? Maybe they put Rondo in that starting lineup. There's some definite question marks there. Well, Clint Capella has been getting so many rebounds, so many blocks, usage up, high efficiency. He's been awesome. Does that change without Trey Young? If Young is out, does it mean he drops in efficiency? Does it mean he gets more usage? All that remains to be seen. For the Miami Heat, um, Kendrick Nunn, we've seen the downfall already begin with him, and that's even without Avery Bradley and Tyler Hero. Adebayo is probable for this one, while Hero is questionable, and if Hero plays watching what Nunn does, I think he's going to be very instructive. Well, Kelly Linick. 30-plus minutes in the last two games. Now, his production hasn't been particularly good, but with the fact that they have fouled, uh, phased out uh, Precious Achua from the rotation, that means the Linux playing time is pushing up. Maybe he's a 14-team league guy at this stage, and let's see how they run that big man rotation. Next game is the Grizzlies and the Rockets. Justice Winslow. Um... He's getting minutes. That's that's fine. Uh, he rested last game due to the back-to-back. I'd like to see if he can do anything. I I am. I, I need to see absolutely ridiculous performances from him for me to be convinced he's a 12-team league guy. But let's watch it and let's see what he's able to do. And we also have Grayson Allen ruled out. So does that mean that DeAnthony Melton is back in the rotation? Remember the last time um, they had a basically fully healthy team, Melton was out, and then he played really well last game with Winslow out in 24 minutes. I think there's a chance that he could just slide straight into the start starting role that is vacated here by Allen. It could be also Desmond Bain there, but let's how that how that rotation works uh, is still a big question mark. For the Rockets, 
they did say, Stephen Silas did say something interesting um, before this game, saying our injury report is clean. Now, there's no one on an injury report. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that Christian Wood is going to return? I don't think so. But it was a curious statement. Wood is listed as out on the official injury report, but I don't know why Silas said that. So that there's a question mark there. We also know that Victor Oladipo is out resting first game of a back-to-back, meaning John Wall will sit on Monday's game. So we're going to get yeah, more value there for guys like um, Daniel House, David Nwaba, Sterling Brown, Jason Tate, uh, Eric Gordon will probably slot into the starting lineup as well. And I'd like to see also what they do with Justin Patton, uh, who has seen his minutes reduced in the last two games. Next is the Knicks and the Pistons. So it was a back-to-back, or it is a back-to-back for New York. So, of course, he played, and by he, I mean one of the biggest, uh, almost frustrating coaches in the NBA, Tom Thibodeau, played um, Derek Rose 38 minutes and Julius Randle 42 minutes in a back-to-back. Alfred Payton's missed the last two with a hamstring injury. So what do they do? Do they you know, Does Rose play the back-to-back? Does he play starters minutes in the back-to-back? Does Tom Thibodeau have any understanding of sports science and modern medicine? The answer to that one is no. But what, what do they do there? And of course, Emmanuel Quickly, who played so well against the Kings, saw 13 minutes. So do they ever, ever, will he ever? And, and Tom Thibodeau, you can say whatever you want about him, and he, but he's a liar. He is an absolute liar and a dickhead, and he frustrates me no end. Because the talk of, you know, we're starting Peyton over Quickly for defense makes no sense when you start Rose over Quickly then, because the defensive difference is, is obviously nothing at all. And then, you know, the fact that he you know, claims that he plays big men, we're in a situation where your point guard is out, so you play your rookie point guard who's playing well fewer minutes. That makes no sense. And then when your backup big man, you know, 58-year-old Taj Gibson gets hurt, you play your other rookie first-round top 10 pick big man fewer minutes as well. Not saying that Toppin's the center, but you could try it with him and Randall in that front court. I don't think Toppin's good. I also know that he's not young, but still... The frustration with uh, Tibbs as a coach is pretty clear. Julius Randle, 42 minutes, just insanity. This bloke is leading the NBA in minutes. Tom Thibodeau will literally never learn. Randle had been sort of declining somewhat in some of his efficiency stuff, but he was really good against the Pacers on Saturday. For the Pistons, Sadiq Bay, the depressed penis. He is shooting at an unbelievable level. To begin the year, he was at like 12% from two and 45% from three. And instead of regressing from three, it stayed about the same. And then he's brought his two-point percentage up. And he is a strong 12-team league guy at this stage. And I'll tell you who else is also worth a 12-team look. Dennis Smith Jr. Now, I was very high on Dennis Smith in that draft, and I was obviously wrong. But the last two games, in fact, every game he's played for Detroit, I thought he's looked, he looked all right. Now, the first two games, Saban Lee outperformed him and got more minutes, but Smith's had more minutes the last two games. He's been active defensively. He's been scoring at a decent rate. Looks, he looks good. I'm not against adding Dennis Smith, and I'd like to see if that 26, 27 minutes that he played in the last two games can continue to stick or maybe increase. The Suns and the Wolves, they started Jay Crowder over Frank Kaminsky last game. Uh, they should always do that. But Crowder, of course, is... Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He will uh, go out there and have big games with threes and steals and then nothing games with nothing and nothing. And that makes him hard to roster outside of streaming. But it's a good streaming opportunity here for him. While Devin Booker, the assists just aren't coming back. The high numbers of the last couple of years, just they aren't coming back. Just I think we accept him as who he is at this stage. For the Wolves, Jared Vanderbilt, he double-doubled on Saturday. He's got another opportunity and appears like Chris Finch likes him. And that's good news. So he's a 12-team ad. Well, Jalen Noel came off the bench behind Josh Okogie, but not afraid at all to score. And with Malik Beasley out, that's exactly what you need. 
So if you're in a 16-team league, you add Noel. If you're in a 14-team league, I reckon you consider it. If you're in a 12, maybe as a streamer for Sunday. But I thought he's looked pretty good all season, and now there is a big opportunity staring him right in the face. The Hornets and the Kings. Paul Washington Jr., will they start him at center again if Cody Zeller is not out there? Now, we do know that Devontae Graham isn't playing, but Zeller is questionable. Washington, better numbers always when he plays center. Do they just eliminate Biombo from the rotation? They should, but do they do that? So watching Washington's minutes in production, but most importantly, watching his minutes at center is going to be key. And then Terry Rogier has been on a bit of a downswing the last couple of games, really rescued his performance last game in the fourth quarter. Uh, let's watch what he can do against a Kings team whose defense has been pretty piss poor for the majority of the season. For the Kings, Marvin Bagley has been playing at a better level in terms of more playing time. He still is pretty rough defensively out there, but he is putting up some interesting enough counting stats, which gives him value in points leagues. He's played 28, uh, so he's played uh, at least 28 minutes in four of the last five games. That's with Hassan Whiteside out and Jabari Parker out. And they've also got no Tyrese Halliburton in this game. So normally they'd put Halliburton in, they'd shift Barnes up to the four, and that would limit Bagley's playing time. So there's no Halliburton for this one. So you're going to see, I think, some more Marvin Bagley minutes. And Buddy Heald, is, he, he is actually has to be the worst best shot maker in the NBA, or worst best not shot maker, worst best shooter in the NBA. Absolutely horrendous field goal percentage this season, but he still gets getting heaps of minutes, and I think without Halliburton, that's not really going to change. So let's see if he can actually hit some shots and show us what a good shooter allegedly can do. Streamers. For Houston, we've got the absence there of Victor Oladipo, so David Nwaba and Daniel House are options. I think Jared Vanderbilt is a good streamer. I think Paddy Beverly for the Clippers is worth looking at. And the man I referenced before, the Woodslanger, Dennis Smith, Dennis Smith Jr. is someone worth grabbing. For points leagues, we're looking at the Woodslanger himself. We're looking at Nwaba. We're looking at the Commodore, Jared Vanderbilt. We're looking at Dylan Brooksy Brooks and the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Guys, that'll do it for me today. I'll be back with a waiver wire show tomorrow, a pregame show tomorrow, a what to watch for show tomorrow, and a recap show tomorrow. So don't forget to subscribe. Hit the notification bell on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Review it all over the shop, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for watching and listening, everyone. See ya.